This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 978, Flashback, Amalgam Comics. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode 978. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is another flashback episode. This time, going back to uh, 1996 and 1997 to talk about some amalgam comics. Uh, you might also want to check out episode 798, where I did a flashback to Marvel and DC, Marvel versus DC, I should say. Uh, and then you'll also want to check out uh, the episode actually before this one, which would have been episode 976, where I do a free comic book day discussion uh, with a friend of the show, Nathan Strzok, and we talk about uh, going on an adventure to you know buy stuff uh, during Free Comic Book Day weekend when we were uh, road tripping to Cleveland and while we were there uh, he ended up you know kind of making an admission <laughs> we a mission we successfully were able to achieve on our first stop but yeah his mission was he wanted to try and find Marvel vs DC one to four and then also some amalgam comics specifically one that he really remembered liking and really wanted to get his hands on so um, you know if you want to have a quick hits about we do talk about amalgam comics on those episodes uh, so you should go check those out uh, but in terms of today's kind of quick discuss- quick hit discussion and uh, your journey down memory lane amalgam comics again was something that was created. Uh, as a series of two one-shot series uh, that happened in 1996 and 1997. Uh, I think a total of 24 one-shots were uh, published during that period, half by DC, half by Marvel. So the first 12 happened in April 96, and then the second 12 happened in June 1997, um, all under the Amalgam Comics imprint, which is actually really kind of cool. Uh, I never really talked about this before, but even the, the logo was an interesting way of kind of combining the Marvel Comics logo of the mid-90s with the DC Pullet logo into this really kind of you know snazzy looking logo for uh, Amalgam, which is something I've always enjoyed. I've always been a big fan of the comics in general. Um, I've talked before about how I was kind of a dumb kid um, who didn't realize that you know Amalgam Comics was not a pre-existing publisher and didn't really know any better and just thought it was, you know, these cool versions of characters that were a lot like the ones I knew but it looked like there was a, a lived-in world and they had letters pages and, you know, they had uh, references to other books and you had all these new number ones, which is really cool, but uh, alas, that's not the way it was to be. So I wanted to quickly run down some of these books, some of my favorites, uh, some of the weird books that we got as a result of this uh, you know, this interesting combination. Um, so I'm going to kind of uh, I was looking at the Wikipedia article and I thought this was an easy way to break it down and remind myself about some of these books. Um, and some of them I got... I don't even remember how I got them. I think I like a friend of mine had a bunch of Malcolm Comics he didn't care about and ended up getting from him. I think I got a lot of them from him. Um, and then a, a few of the second wave I remember getting as kind of give, throwaway giveaways um, at... Um, my comic book shop back in the day when I was like 14, 15. I think that they also did like a DC Unleashed. I can't remember what year that, what that was, but I think they had like a, a coupon or not coupon, but they had like a scratch scratcher and the, as a way of kind of giving away a, a prize of some kind, they would give you these yeah, Malcolm comics that were probably at that point really hard for them to move. Uh, so like, oh, you know, whatever, we'll just give them away for free. And for me as a kid, I was like, oh, this is amazing. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Um, so anyways, let's jump right in. Um, 
So first up, we got uh, from April 1990, 1996, we had DC Comics uh, published six of the books that were uh, technically amalgam comics. First one was uh, Amazon number one, uh, which was a combination of uh, Storm and Wonder Woman, which also made sense considering they faced each other during the Marvel versus DC crossover. Um, I like this one. Um, you, you know, it was John Byrne. It, I would not say this is peak John Byrne, but it was still an enjoyable John Byrne. Uh, we had Assassins, uh, written by Dan Chichester and Scott McDaniel. Obviously, that's the Daredevil crew. Uh, so you got uh, Katsai and Dare the Terminator. Uh, so they, you know, are, are they're the they're the team. It's it's one of those ones where I think that the art is like really dark and moody and it feels very of the time uh everything about it felt like a daredevil comic at the time less so than some of the characters that they were kind of pulling from um because in that particular book we had um you know uh, cat's eye is electra kyle so it's electra and, and selena kyle put together the one that i whenever you look at the cover i'm like i don't see it but i guess i get it but it's weird is a female version of slade wilson and matt murdoch being pushed together and when i look at it i'm like i just don't i don't get it and i, I never easily saw it. Some of the other ones are more obvious. You had Jimmy Urich, which is obviously Jimmy Olsen and Ben Urich, which I liked. Uh, you had The Big Question, which was Kingpin and the Riddler, which I don't know why. I always thought that the the art here was particularly inspired by McDaniel. Uh, you had J. Jonah White, which was uh, an amalgamation of Perry White and J. Jonah Jameson, which again, just feels ripe and perfect for like an amalgamation. You had Winter Stick, which sounds ridiculous, but it's, an inch, again, makes sense that you have, if you're combining dead, uh, sorry, Deathstroke and Daredevil, that you would have both of their mentor figures as Wintergreen and, and Stick put together as Winter Stick. Um, so then moving on, for, oh, I, I forgot to mention uh, Wired. You had uh, an amalgamation of uh, Manhunter and Cable, which is weird because Cable gets replicated other places. So sometimes some of these uh, spider characters ended up being in other places, um, which is kind of weird. Uh, next up from the DC Comics side, we had Doctor Strange Fate, which is a book I loved as a kid. Um, this one felt most connected to the Marvel vs. DC kind of storyline proper because I believe it did feature access in it. Uh, but then you had a lot of kind of weird characters, which again to this day I can't understand or I don't I don't know all the references because I was not a like a, a Doctor uh, Doctor Fate fan. Um, but I understood some of them. I mean, you had um, was it Abominite, which was again a combination of Helgramite and Abomination. I don't know who Helgramite is. Uh, Mix I understood because it was Mister Mitzaplik and Wong, which again felt like a weird combination you had the white witch was it was a combination of zatanna and scarlet witch which i liked uh you had jade nova which was a combination of nova but the frankly frankie ray version as well as kyle rayner and then uh, you had baron wotan who's a combination of wotan and baron mordo which again makes more sense uh one i did enjoy so i don't think i had these ones as a kid i had these ones again as i said afterwards i read them early but um they didn't become part of my collection until a couple years past uh but what i do remember buying on the newsstands or at the comic shop, I'm not sure where, but I remember having a very, I have a very beaten copy somewhere because I read it so much, was JLX number one, which I loved. Um, and it had a ton of characters in it because, I mean, it was it was like, a you know, basically the, the Justice League versus the JLX, this other team. You had so many characters involved here, and I loved them. I loved them all. Um, I remember some of the ones I really liked was Captain Marvel, which was a combination of Marvell and Billy Batson, which, of course, his name would be <laughs> William Marvell or Billy Marvell. Of course it is. Uh, you had a combination of a lot of characters. Like you had... Um, 
a weird one was Oliver Queen being merged with Goliath, which is a weird one. Uh, you had Mr. X, which was Martian Manhunter and Professor Xavier. But again, Professor Xavier was also used in Doctor Strange Fate because it was a combination of Doctor Strange and Doctor Fate and Charles Xavier. So again, they sometimes they would needlessly duplicate or triplicate some of these characters. Uh, you had Firebird, which is a combination of Phoenix and, and Fire from the DC Universe, which uh, just visually made a lot of sense, um, more so than any combination of power sets. Um, you had Aquamariner. <laughs> of course, it's Aquaman and Submariner. Love it. Um, one of my favorites was uh, Mercury, which is an imp- uh, impulse in Quicksilver, uh, because you had brilliant art by uh, by Howard Porter. Um, so, so oh, hold on. Yeah, there was a, where, for a minute it looked different. Sorry. JLX number one was written by Mark Wade and Gerard Jones with Howard Porter on art. So yeah, brilliant artwork. Uh, I forgot to mention that Dr. Strangefit had art by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez and Kevin Nolan, which is an amazing team. And it was also written by Ron Mars. Um, so this is great. One of the most iconic, which again, was not one of the ones I originally purchased at the store, uh, was Legends of the Dark Claw. I don't think you could come up with a more iconic kind of cover because it just looks right, right? Legends of the Dark Claw, it's a combination of Wolverine and Captain America, sorry, Wolverine and Batman for some reason, but it looked damn cool. And then you had Joker and Sabretooth put together uh, into uh, um, Hyena, which was cool. And then you also had um, Huntress was a combination of Huntress and Carol Danvers, which I really liked. You had Sparrow, which was uh, a combination of Robin and, Ju- and Jubilee, which made a lot of sense. And I really liked how they kind of used that character. Uh, everything about Darklop was awesome. And then you had Super Soldier, which again is not one of the original ones that I had, which was um, you know combination of Superman and Captain America. Makes sense. I like they had uh, James Olsen, which is again another com- another use of Jimmy Olsen, but this time he was merged with Bucky Barnes. Uh, you had uh, the Green Skull, which yeah. Of course, Lex Luthor and Red Skull makes complete sense. You had the Ultra Metallo, which I liked as well. So again, a lot of fun stuff showed up there. Um, yeah, I, it was interesting that Super Soldier's name was still Clark Kent. Like, at least with uh, Dark Cloud, it was like Logan Wayne. Um, but others, I guess, did not get to uh, you know get to keep their names as much intact or share equally. And then on the Marvel side, we had uh, Bruce Wayne, Agent of Shield. Uh, which is, again, not one of the original books I had, but Chuck Dixon and Carrie Nord. I'm just trying to think. I think I have, so far I have all these books. I think I got to the point where I think I might have almost all of them now. Uh, we've got Bruce Wayne, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. by Chuck Dixon and Carrie Nord, which is great. Um, and the character would end up being used again the following year with Bullets and Bracelets by John Ostrander and Gary Frank. Now, the Bruce Wayne, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., I should say, had Bruce Wayne... It was just he was just Bruce Wayne, like he wasn't really wasn't that different. And Nick Fury still showed up as well. Like that's the interesting one where the characters really weren't that different. Um, you had Madame Cat, which was a combination of Madame Hydra and Catwoman. Again, another version of Catwoman being used. Uh, we had Deathlock, where we had uh, Jason Todd and Deathlock put together. You had Black Bat, which eventually would become a character of their own, but it's back her own Black Cat. You got Moonwing, which is uh, Moon Knight and Nightwing, which I liked as a combination. You had, again, just a Tony Stark, just a Sergeant Rock. So they got a little lazy there. And you also had uh, Bane Simpson or Nuke, uh, which I liked as well. Uh, Bullets and Bracelets, as I mentioned, it was an interesting one because you had uh, a more... Uh, street level of Wonder Woman mixed in with Elektra, uh, which again, we'd already had another Elektra. Uh, Punisher, it was Trevor Castle, so we had Fra- Frank Castle and Steve Trevor put together, amongst many others. Uh, I think one of the others mentioned was Thanoside, which is Darkseid and Thanos put together. Um, and then we had, what we have? Magneto and the Magnetic Men, which I think was, 
I don't remember when I got that one. Uh, that one was written by Gerard Jones, art by Matsuda and Art Thibert, which yeah feels very much like a Jeff Matsuda uh, thing. I always dug it. I for years had no idea who the Meg, uh, who the Metal Men were, but I remembered this. Like this stuck out stuck out to me more. I just really liked the interpretation of the characters and the interactions and how they work together. Uh, potentially my favorite of all of the uh, Amalgam books, and definitely the favorite of Nathan Strzok, who was on that episode talking about the one Amalgam book he wanted, which was Speed Demon Number One. Uh, which is so good. It's gorgeous. Uh, it's written by Howard Mackey, artwork by Salvador La Roca. Um, it doesn't even look like any of the Salvador La Roca you're used to seeing now, um, but it's awesome. You have Hal, Madman Jordan, uh, who gets uh, you know linked to a, a deem, uh, uh Sorry, sorry, Hal, someone else. Sorry. You had Speed Demon, so you had Flash. Um, put together with Ghost Rider, you had Kid Demon, which was a version of Wally West, um, which was awesome. There was just so much to be, that was enjoyable here. You had the Two-Faced Goblin, which was a combination of, uh, I guess, Harvey Dent and Osborne, uh, the Green Goblin. This was great. Uh, one of my favorites that I remember reading but didn't actually own until this like two weeks ago is Spider-Boy number one. I never owned it, really wanted it, and finally got it. Uh, this is by Carl Kiesel with our by uh, Mike Ringo, and I think it's been said before that it, partly because of uh, his work on this title is how Mike Ringo ended up getting tapped uh, to, to come over and do uh, Sensational Spider-Man, but this book is just so much fun. Um, love it. Uh, you got Bizarnage, which is a combination of Bizarro and Carnage. I uh, got King Lizard, which is King Shark and Lizard. Um, the artwork here is so much fun. It was really vibrant. I mean, if you don't know anything about Michael Ringo, that's not a surprise. And then you had X-Patrol, um, which was an interesting combination of Doom Patrol and X-Force. You had Beastling, Elastigirl, Feral Man, Niles Cable, another version of Cable and Professor X being merged with the Chief. Uh, you had Shatter Starfire. I mean, that one was just staring right, right at them, right? Uh, so I always really enjoyed that. And that was the first big kind of launch of these. And then a year later, they decided, hey, that was successful. Let's do another kind of launch of these. And these are the ones where I, I got a bunch, you know, myself. I, I didn't get them up from a friend. I did get these on my own uh, throughout the years. Now, Bat Thing, I did not own until, again, a couple weeks ago. So I finally have that one, which combines Man Thing and Man Bat, of course. So now it's Bat Thing. Uh, some fun characters in here. You had Christine Montoya and Clark Bullock. So I don't know what the first names are, but you can recognize them as Harvey Bullock and Renee Montoya. Uh, yeah, Dark Claw Adventures. To date, I think this is the only one I'm missing. Uh, it's told in a more animated style, uh, which I always thought was pretty cool. Oh, sorry, Bat Thing was by Larry Hama, with art by Rodolfo DiMaggio and Bill Sinkovich. Uh, Dark Claw Adventures was uh, by written and illustrated by Ty Templeton and Rich Burchett. Um, and again, I love the artistic style. Yeah, Generation Hex by Peter Milligan and Adam Polina. Maybe the only time I enjoyed Adam Polina's art that I can think of, because I never liked his work on X-Force, but loved his work here, which is a combination of uh, Jonah Hex and Generation X, which is, again, some of these felt and more inspired in terms of their names. Uh, so they combine a lot of weird, disparate characters together. But again, when I first read this when I was younger, I had no idea who any of these Western characters were, but I did know who Generation X was. Uh, and then there was JLX Unleashed, which, again, was one of the ones I just picked up in the last couple of weeks, uh, which, you know, saw the return of JLX. There was a, only a few characters that got to uh, reappear in the second volume of this. You had, obviously, Dark Claw. Uh, you had the JLX. You had Super Soldiers. So you had three on the DC side. And then on the Marvel side, we had X-Patrol got to uh, reappear. Magnetic Man got to reappear. Spider-Boy got to reappear. So of the six uh, from each publisher, they both had... Um, you know, new st new characters or new stories there as well. Um, JLX Unleashed was 
by Christopher Priest with artwork by Oscar Jimenez. Uh, then you had Lobo the Duck, which is a fun, ridiculous book, uh, combining, obviously, Lobo and Howard the Duck by Alan Grant and Val Simicus. And then you had Super Soldier Man of War. You got to have another uh, ex- uh, adventure with these characters, but this time in the style of World War II comics. Uh, and uh, this one was by Dave Gibbons and Mark Wade with artwork by Dave Gibbons. And then on the Marvel side, in 97, we had Challengers of the Fantastic, which I was enjoyed by Carl Kiesel and Tom Grummet. The Exciting X-Patrol with uh, artwork by uh, Brian Hitch, of all people, with, uh, you know, it's written by Barbara Kiesel. And then you had Iron Lantern, which I still love to this day. I think it's a really fun combination of Iron Man and Green Lantern by Kurt Busiek, of all people, with Paul Smith, which is, you know, that's two heavyweights right there. You have The Magnetic Men featuring Magneto, uh, with written by Tom Pyre, with artwork by Barry Kitson. It makes sense that those would work together, since Tom Pyre had also uh, worked on... I believe, um, DC Year One with Barry Kitson, so it kind of made sense that they would work together. Um, but uh, Or maybe he didn't work on that. Maybe he didn't work in Year One. Maybe I just think of him as being involved in that uh, because of his... I guess he has a connection sometimes with uh, Mark Wade. Um, but And then he had Spider-Boy Team-Up, which was fun because it was uh, Roger Stern and Carl Kiesel with art by Jose Ladron, so that's just like awesomeness like there's so many different flavors there which is really enjoyable and last but not least you had Thorian of the New Asgods which is written by Keith Giffen and uh, you had John Romita Jr. on artwork so it, it, you know you had some really interesting talents being mashed together to work on these weird hodgepodge books and I for one was there for it I loved it continue to love it i enjoy reading amalgam books there's just something special about them uh obviously they were put into you know trades that were relatively short-lived and now are impossible to find it's probably easier to find the original singles than the actual trade paperbacks themselves uh because the singles are often like you know three bucks an issue uh whereas the trades are like hundred bucks so uh it's a lot easier to get them in the singles and there's just something special about them again I, it looks like i have all but one now lobo uh no, not Love with the Duck. Uh, Dark Cloud Adventures is a, it would appear that I have every other Amalgam book, which I didn't even realize until this moment. So really happy about that. Glad for that because uh, they're just so much fun. And I think what is especially fun about them is that you really can just pick them up and go. Um, you know, you don't need to know all the in-jokes. You don't need to know all the references. But if you do know them and you do have previous history with either one of the characters or both of the characters that mash together, it's even more fun from a Easter egg standpoint. But if you don't, that's okay. Like, that's not a barrier to entry. It just adds an extra level of fun and excitement to the, you know, the entire proceedings. Uh, it's hard to believe that, you know, the, they're, these are pretty old now. Like, these are what, uh, I want to say 25 years since the last volume of this, which is crazy to me. I mean, Malcolm Comics are 25 and 26 years old. Uh, you know, we'll probably never see their like again, but they're tremendously enjoyable. Thanks to you for listening to this and going with me on this flashback uh, into my past and my comic reading enjoyment. Um, just talking about Amalgam books. I love these books. I cannot speak highly enough about them. Um, one thing I, I regret is that for some of my interviews I've done in the past, I've had people on who worked on some of these Amalgam books, and yet I didn't really ask them pointed questions about it. So I do regret that because uh, I would have liked to know. Which you know, I was um, heard from uh, you know one of the editor assistant editors on one of these books was Glenn Greenberg. Who been on the show before and he said like you know it was just kind of a job they don't really have like you know strong memories per se about this this moment but if you're a fan you might have really strong moment, uh, memories about this moment so it's always interesting how that kind of works out anyways thank you for listening to this episode you can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com write the show on itunes subscribe to us on itunes and also listen to us on stitcher thanks again for listening we'll catch you next time Bye bye <laughs>